All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Morale Clubhouse, talking all things Cubs with the Morale community. Back with Fred, the unofficial director of Morale for the Cubs. Well, I know a lot of happening. I know a lot of people want to talk, get some things off their chest. We have the news today with Javi regarding uh, him potentially wanting $200 million. Obviously, the loss yesterday, we have 11 days till the trade deadline. Um, a lot of things are happening. Well, Jock as well got traded. So it's a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. I know people uh, probably don't really know where their heads are at, myself included. It's, it's tough to watch right now, uh, especially when you're in this transition period specifically for this month because you simply don't know who's going to be on the team so it's really uh tough to figure out what you're really rooting for and how you're supposed to feel but want to hear from everyone thank you everyone for being here and uh yeah we'll give it a go yeah it's been it's just been so weird because there's games like was it saturday night when willie had that had that ninth inning two run home run and a couple yeah. of base knocks before that like in any other circumstance, you, you're obviously so hyped up about it and still like him. I'm sure a lot of people were, but you also have this weird feeling. It's like, oh, well, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, it's a weird. weird spot. Raise your hands. We started talking about the past couple of weeks. Bro, what's your uh, – you've got a lot of heat, a lot of receipts on Twitter. I think some unwarranted for the jock, uh, the jock trade. What are your thoughts on on Jock's stint as a Cub and and how the, the trade went down? I thought I you know I thought Jock was a good Cub, a great Cub just from the uh, morale he brought, you know, positive influence in the clubhouse. Obviously, he probably didn't produce up to the level that we all thought he would, or probably he thought he would. But still, he was somewhat productive. The Cubs seemed like they got something, uh, you know, from him in the trade with Bryce Ball. I know he had a double the other day. Uh, and hopefully he can turn into a legit prospect. But overall, yeah, I think people were coming at me because they were because uh, I tweeted something that, in the end, Kyle kind of got the last laugh with it all. Like he gets DFA'd, uh, he goes to the Nationals for you know uh, because the Cubs didn't want to pay him that extra two million. I've always said, you know, if you're gonna win, if you're gonna be competitive, if you really want to be a contender, you need to have as many guys as you can and to save $2 million, but then also say that, you know, yeah, we're being competitive. We're trying to win. We want to win the division. We want to, we want to try to win the world series is counterintuitive. And, you know, while I was happy Jock was on the team, it doesn't mean that I didn't think Kyle could have contributed as well. I mean, we look at the lineups all the time. How many games has or Ortega played in the outfield, right? Like, uh, the Cubs could have used Kyle Schwarber and Jack Peterson at the same time. You need a whole bunch of guys to help win in a 162 baseball season. And um, so that's really where it comes from. Where It's fine. It's Twitter. People are going to pick out tweets and, you know, think what they want. But, yeah, good Cub. They got something for him. I would be – I know we're going to talk about it a lot, but I feel like a true fire sale is coming, especially with the news that uh, we heard today uh, regarding what Javi wants in free agency. Like I said, anyone can raise their hand and, and chime in here. Anyone that received you saying that about like Schwarby and the last laugh, whatever, I mean, you of all people 
have been saying that Schwarber is somebody you wanted to keep on the Cubs, and it wasn't yeah. that you were like, oh, Jock's, Jock's got to be going to be much better than Schwarber. You're like, I'm going to take Jock. He's a great athlete, but you live and die by by the morale athlete. Yeah, and it's it's just also the Cubs need. I mean, challenging to uh, subtract, also be productive at the same time in terms of 162 game season if you brought kyle in as a fourth outfielder i still think you would have accepted it i mean it would have been his last year of his deal you know you can justify that he probably doesn't at the time didn't deserve to play every day so you know you need talent on the roster when you're trying to win everyone knows that you need to have a deep roster and overall, it's just really hard to subtract and then say you're competing at the same time. We saw the same thing with bad news. It's just it's a, it's a tough thing to do. And obviously, right now, we are struggling, uh, you know, with that reality, considering the things that have happened to this team and probably going to see some more subtractions really soon. Yeah, as you're talking about players moving on and, like, the rest of the season being looking different than we all hoped, what do you when you're watching Cubs games? Like, what are you rooting for? What are you watching for? Because I'm sure it's changed again since the beginning of the season. Yeah, I mean, I I tweeted out the other day. It's super important the rest of these games, considering, like I've been saying, you need to have a deep roster to win, and there are plenty of guys on this team that are still going to be on the team for the next competitive Cubs run or next year or 2023, whatever it is. Uh, Nico Horner, our guy Ian, Morale um, guys in the bullpen, you know, like these guys matter. They're really important. Wolf Contreras, well, depending on what happens with him. Um, so obviously I want the Cubs to win, but it's more like seeing the individual performances uh, boost over the next two months because, you know, we need – we need Ian to play better. We need Nico to continue his maturation and development because he's going to be a critical piece of this team. And when you're trying to figure out what the 2022 roster and 2023 roster might look like, you got to have these guys solidified, playing well, feeling good, being confident, uh, knowing their role. Um, and having major league games is, uh, you know, a great opportunity to prove that. So that's really where it's coming from. I obviously want the Cubs to win. I would love to see the Cubs go on a hot streak. Uh, but right now, over these this past month, the next 11 days, it's just it's a hard place to be in as a fan when you're trying to figure out what you're really rooting for and how you're supposed to feel with everything up in the air. From the the player's perspective, I feel like we've, we've heard a little bit with Javi about the extension talk, and we've also heard quite a bit from Contreras the past week about like yeah. him really really talking like a captain and kind of trying to rally the troops and he, he sounds like he's somebody who's like trying to play for the playoffs right now. Like he's like in like grind mode. Um, yeah. Where do you think the different players stand in terms of like, you think it's affecting if, you know, Rizzo or Brian are expecting to leave? Is it split the clubhouse you think where some players are still trying to, you know, think as optimistic as possible? I don't think it's splitting the clubhouse, but I think it's just human nature when you have, you know, when you have your deal coming up and you have two more, two months left on it and your future's up in the air and your next, you know, two weeks are up in there, depending on where you're going to live, where you're going to play, who you're going to be around, so on and so forth. I can imagine if you are on the trade block, if your name's being talked about in trade discussions, if even, uh, you know, extension discussions, things, your, your mind's going to be somewhere else. And I would probably say 
you know, Willie, from what I've been told, is definitely, I don't want to call him a lone wolf, but he kind of does things his own way. Uh, you know, he's really locked in. He's in the moment. And that's pretty much where those comments were coming from. I didn't have a big issue about it. Um, but at the same time, I can totally understand where players' heads are at right now, uh, considering all the rumors that have been swirling. And remember, this has been going on since 2000. 19 2018 talking about you know players getting traded guys being on the block the ups and downs of it all like this has been going on for a long time and we're kind of coming uh well we are we are in the midst of it this is this is the final you know chapter of what's going to happen and i can imagine their focus might uh i don't want to say dwindle at times but it can definitely be uh their efforts could be uh you know focusing on different things considering you know the human nature part of it you're talking about adding players too is where as we're usually like you're saying that we need to add this is the time to add people outside of the cub system um as we're talking about extending players as well are there are players out there that you can think of that you want to add to this club this, well, this club yeah i mean it's a big uh, that's that's more of the the question for the off season but i think if the cubs you know obviously i, I hate to talk like this but when we're in the midst of uh, a potential fire sale you got to be you got to change the complexity of this roster you got to change the identity of it from a personnel standpoint you need to find guys who are going to have different characteristics than the ones we had here not saying the guys we had here weren't successful and that their qualities can't, you know, produce positive outcomes in a major league baseball season. But we've all seen that, you know, the similarities, the swing and miss, the same type of tendencies, that's really hard to uh, win with over time when everyone's making the same mistake. So hopefully that's being looked at in terms of the type of player we bring in here. Um, and it's kind of, I mean, we're probably, and someone's probably going to ask about it, but it's kind of like the, the crux of the hobby uh, predicament. It's like super talented, great defender, great base runner, great instincts, but like all his negative attributes are exactly what have killed this Cubs team for three or four years. Like swing and miss, lack of discipline, lack of consistencies like he is the poster boy of what the cubs have struggled with for a while now uh and again someone's probably going to bring it up but it's just it's challenging to think of re-signing a guy for that type of money when you know when he's not playing well it's the same type of cubs baseball we've seen for a while and i know this happens throughout major league baseball i know it's the hardest uh time to hit in major league history the pitchers are unbelievable known about you know the doctored spin rates and the, all that type of stuff and guys are throwing harder than ever so it's a it's a big question that you have to think of when you're a cubs fan and i i know jed's thinking about it right now and uh we'll see how it plays out with the next 11 days we got a question in from the chat not really a question but you're listening off the important players uh for the cubs to get going young guys yeah. And he said, Ian Happ, really important. Come on, guys. I mean, he's had a bad – how many games has it been? We have 69 games left in the season. Someone do the math for me. We have, whatever, 90, 94, 95 games. It's been a bad uh, bad stretch for him. I'll admit it. He'd say the same thing. We need him to play better. But, you know, if you look at the back of his baseball card, the guy's produced. He's been a solid big leaguer. He's played multiple positions. I mean – 
my uh, support for him could go on and on, but just simply being objective, he's had a bad season. And that, that happens with a lot of players. We see that with the guys that everyone wants to resign, Chris Bryant, Javi, uh, you know, even Rizzo, maybe not to this extent, but, you know, guys have bad seasons and uh, it's not like I'm totally giving up on Ian at all. Everyone should know that. I mean, he's a morale athlete for life. Um, but overall, subjectively, like, I mean, I can definitely see a bounce back season coming from him. And right now, uh, specifically, it would be great if he had a, la- a great last two months of the season to kind of right the ship and carry things into 2022. Now, obviously, Ian's a morale athlete, so you're going to have his back no matter what. Uh, but what are the things you're hauling out from from a from a Cubs player that you're saying is having an off season that you think we still got to, you know, have support behind him rather than move, keep him moving on? Because you've had a, plenty of Cubs players that you've, you try to force them your way out with whatever power you have on Twitter. Uh, what's with the Ian that you think that he's an important piece to this Cubs team going forward? Back to the baseball card. I mean, he's been a, a solid major league hitter for a while. Yeah, is he going to swing and miss? Yeah, is he going to strike out? Sure. But if you look at the numbers, like, he can definitely contribute to a major league lineup. That's for sure. And especially right now that he's in arbitration, he's not very expensive. Like, there's no reason to really – like sell them off or get rid of them. Like, yeah, he's having a bad year. It happens. It's happened for a lot of players. It's happened for Chris Bryant, who's been one of the best players in baseball, one of the the hottest starts, might be one of the most versatile and coveted players uh, this offseason. So things happen. Uh, It's baseball. Like, this is what you sign up for. And we just look at his past stats uh, and what he's done, like, Sleep on him now, that's fine, but he can definitely be a you know, contributing factor to this team. And going forward, like I think everyone's expectations need to change. When you think about a winning team, a winning team, go. it's got to be deep. It can't just be nine. It can't just be ten guys. It has to be a deep team where you can substitute players in and out. You can play the platoon game. You can match up. You can fill spots in when guys are injured. Like just rolling out the nine dudes and all – Raise my hand. I, I'll, I'd probably be guilty of thinking the same way. Just rolling out the same nine every day, kind of that maybe too much of the best nine mentality. I think sometimes it's it's necessary, definitely during the Joe Madden era. But moving forward, you need to have a deep team. You need to have 14 position players on the bench or whether it be on the 40-man roster that can contribute in a major league game and you know really make a difference. And if you don't, your weaknesses are going to be uh, exposed on a – uh, you know, grand scale. And we've seen that this year. Like, the Cubs haven't been deep enough. They've played so many different guys. At times, they get on a hot streak, and then they, at times the team was deep, but we didn't have the reinforcements to kind of, uh, you know, boost what was happening or carry on what was happening in the month of May. And that's kind of why we sit where we are right now. I'm keep firing off questions because I'm, <laughs> I'm the only one raising my hand. I guess everyone's just kind of sitting back. Yeah, if cut. raise your hands, feel free. If you disagree with what I'm saying, feel free. Let's talk about it. This is why we do it. Kind of state of the club right now anyways. It just yeah. Everyone's just kind of sitting back waiting to see what's going to happen. Um, any highlights you've seen uh, this past couple of weeks where you've tried to like, you know, any silver linings that you're, you're trying to make anything look a little bit brighter than it is? Nico's playing well. Morales is pitching well. Um, you know, oh, Brandon Davis hit the two homers in the Futures game. He looks incredible right now down in Tennessee. I think people are raising their hands there, by the way. Oh, um, they are? 
Can you yes. let him in? Oh, I'm not a moderator. That's oh, why. Jesus Christ. You guys, <laughs> you got to make me a moderator. This is why. Hold on. Let me make you a moderator real quick. People were giving you people were giving you shit for for that was for the Brennan fault. Davis tweets. Why were for why for Brennan Davis? They were like, oh, like th like this is going to be a, a year or two out. Oh, like why you you know? The guy's absolutely massive. He's hitting balls four hundred feet the other way. He had two balls in the futures game. If you look at his stats over the last, I want to say like month and a half. He's absolutely killing it. He's a five-tool player, can play center field. He can go get it, make plays, hit for average, hit for power. Um, he's exactly what we need in this in this organization. And it's exciting to have a prospect like him with so many tools. Probably, probably the best prospect since Chris Bryant. And I'm not trying to compare him to Chris Bryant, but it's exciting to see what he can do. And who knows, man? He's young. He's in double A. He's playing guys that are older than him. Um He's really talented, and I don't see why he can't come up and make a big uh, contribution. It might be next year. You never know. Um, but he's doing really well. And that, I mean, if anyone has followed me for a long time, you would know that, uh, you know, I, I, I was molded by this. I, I've gone through this, the prospect game. Like, I remember watching Chris Bryant games in 2013 and 14, just trying to get excited for what – uh, the Cubs run was going to be obviously what we saw over the last seven years, but like, this is, this is how I uh, grew up doing this thing. So yeah, I'm going to be incredibly excited about Brennan Davis and I'm not going to be, a, I'm not going to apologize for him. Uh, Fred, if you see people raising their hand, you might add them in. Um, I got a question on Periscope. Oh, from... okay, here, I'll, I'll bring him in. All right. How do I bring him in? I've never done this before. To the bottom. All right, here we go. I got it. I got it. Right. Adam. There we go. Adam, what's up? I'm doing this. Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Adam? Hey, so question kind of related to, I, I, you know, Bodie's been out now almost two months. Duffy's been out a long time. Yep. Wisdom has obviously emerged. But I guess I'm thinking going forward among those three, I mean, I'm glad to see Wisdom play every day. But I'm wondering, like, where's the spot for Bodie? If Duffy comes back, is he in the lineup? I, I'm just curious. I don't know what, what your view is on what's happening with all the. Yeah, I think, you know, I don't know if Patrick Wisdom's an everyday player moving forward, uh, considering the strikeout numbers are incredibly high and it's kind of hard to roll with a 40% strikeout percentage. But, you know, I think he's probably the guy that gets the best uh, chance moving forward. David Bodie was hitting up the ball well uh, before he got hurt. Obviously, we know Matt Duffy was playing well as as well. I think it's kind of going to be up to committee, and I wouldn't be surprised if those guys get healthy and they come back. They're trying to compete for a job for 2022. I wouldn't be surprised at all. I know David Bodie signed through next year, um, but you know there are many interesting options to fill out the, the bench moving forward. Like We obviously don't know what's going to happen. We don't know what the roster is going to look like next year, but I like some of the pieces that the Cubs have to fill out the bench, and I wouldn't necessarily call them starters, but like I've been saying, it's so important to have these role players when you really want to win and, you know, defining roles and getting guys that can be versatile and they can put the ball in play and they can fill specific spots uh, within the lineup is crucial. And I think there's many instances this year where we can be excited about some of the role players we might have moving forward, whether it be Bodie, uh, Matt Duffy for sure, or Wisdom, who's like getting the ball out uh, every other night. Carl from Periscope on that note says if you think there's going to be coincidence by uh, with 
the timeline of Duffy coming back and uh, Bryant leaving? Uh, no, I don't. I think everyone's been saying Matt Duffy's like has a chronic back issue. That's the other reason why I'm holding off my uh, expectations uh, with Matt Duffy because that might be like a real deal. He's been out for like two months now. Uh, it's been a while. I, I mean, listen, I've said it. I, I'm I'm gonna keep beating this drum until he's not a Chicago Cubmore. I think if there's one guy you're gonna maybe not build around, but you're going to build with, it's Chris Bryant. Um, most versatile player, still a productive hitter, uh, does a good job defensively. I mean, they're best player on the team right now. There's plenty of reasons for why you'd want him to be a Chicago Cub long term. I'm gonna stand by that. If he does get traded, then you know. It is what it is. It sucks, but I don't think there's any like coincidence with um, Matt Duffy and Chris Bryant. No, I don't. Adam, I have another guy. I personally raised their hands. I'll bring Ty in right now. Thanks, Adam. Ty, you there? Hey, can you hear me? What's up, Ty? Hey, so I've kind of been thinking about this on my own time, sort of like with so many free agents and with so much money being available, yeah. you know, what is sort of the ideal numbers? Let's say they're all theoretically interested in coming back. The big three, yeah. you know, what sort of numbers are you kicking around in your head? I've got a ballpark for each of them. And I'm like, I'm like you, I am all aboard the, if you gave me one hand Rizzo Baez and the other hand, Brian, like, I'm, I'm yeah like that's just where my head is and so well, let's say all three the money is there now it's a matter of whether you want to spend it all on them or not you know it, it's there if you want it so let's say each of the three what ballpark number would you say yeah that's that we can work with that let's let's bring him back yeah reasonable i mean I agree. I don't think they want to bring back all three. I think, and before I answer the question, I don't think they want to bring back all three. I think their intentions are, I think their intentions are pretty clear right now. They're definitely looking at it from a sense that, you know what, we've, we've rode this train for a while and it's just not working. And I understand that. And there's definitely the argument I've made in terms of, you know, the Cubs going into this season with not really investing kind of, Letting these guys play it out one last time and not really adding anything to the team. I totally get it, uh, and I, I felt that way as well. In terms of a number, Chris Bryant, I mean, I, I think it's very reasonable for him to expect, you know, $200 million, north of $200 million. Um, Some of the peripheral numbers don't look as good uh, in terms of how they have in the past, but he's really versatile, you know, He's not striking out much. He still hits the ball for power. We saw doubles yesterday, and it was against the Diamondbacks. So I'm saying north of 200 million. I think that's pretty reasonable if you can get it for a you know a shorter contract. I'd say that's probably better. Javi, I'm I'm not. I just can't go. I I tweeted out probably a month ago, and I said if you have a guy who gets on base less than you know 28 percent of the time and strikes out almost 40 percent of the time, but he has a gold glove and he hits homers like. Does that warrant a hundred million dollar contract? I think in his mind, he probably says, "Yeah," because I can, you know, get RBIs, hit home runs, win Gold Gloves. But 
just as a, a core player, a star, a cornerstone of your team, I just don't see the investment there. Like, it makes sense if he's an X factor. It makes sense if he's, you know, a guy who's really cost controlled. But like the two hundred million, that I'm sorry, that doesn't make any sense. I was flabbergasted when I heard he turned down one hundred eighty million a couple of years ago. Um, and people are gonna say I'm a hater. I just don't see it. I, I just don't see him being a true cornerstone of a team. He's an X factor. He's a secret weapon. He's a guy at the bottom of the lineup that can totally change a game for you and play awesome defense. But he's not a guy you want up with, uh, you know, in big spots consistently, considering his lack of plate discipline, so on and so forth. And now with Rizzo, I know I've made the argument before talking about when he was lowballed for the seventy million. I still think that was kind of low. Say the max for me is probably 100 mil. Um, he does need to pick it up, though. I'm not going to lie. He needs to pick it up. The peripheral numbers aren't fantastic, but they're not terrible. Uh, they're a little bit lower than what his career average is, but the back is definitely something that you think about uh, as a fan. I know the front office is thinking about this chronic back problem where he's got to take days off. And that might be lingering uh, you know, weeks after whenever it flares up on him. So, I'd probably say $100 million, but I'm not going to lie. He's got to pick it up. And he he probably said the same thing. But at the same time, Rizzo's been a guy, I mean, and he has every reason to think this way. He has been a guy since 2015-16. I've been following this team like you all have for a long time. Rizzo said for so long that he hopes to cash in on these big contracts. And if he feels like he's not going to be compensated, there's a reason for why he wanted to stop negotiations in the spring. Like, if he doesn't feel like he's going to be compensated, if he's – doesn't feel like the Cubs can meet that number, then, you know, I can see them moving on. So uh, I'd say $100 million for uh, Rizzo, Javi. Oh, I mean, maybe, maybe 100 but it's that to me, that's still like, it still kind of irks me a little bit just because his tendencies are like the prime reasons for why the Cubs have struggled and if he's going to be one of your cornerstone players as he gets older like his skills aren't necessarily going to look better moving forward um and we just see the the struggles that he has with plate discipline and contact and it's just really hard to get behind uh that's why Chris Bryant if you're going to invest in anyone it has to be Chris Bryant he's the most versatile he can play first base he can play third base he can play anywhere in the outfield um, and it just makes the most sense to invest north of two hundred million. So that's what I got, Ty. Thanks, Thanks Ty. For the question. Zachary, Zach. you're next up. What's up? Hey guys, uh, thinking about uh, Javi. Oh, he's probably got the lowest trade value out of the three right now. Um, what do you think about maybe holding on to Javi? offering him a qualifying offer, hopefully he accepts, and maybe trying to regain his value next year. You can either – you can check your options then, either trade him at the deadline next year or maybe resign him to a bigger contract at the end of next year. See, Zach, I, I appreciate the question, but I disagree. I don't think he has the lowest trade value. I would actually say he probably has, if not the highest, the second highest. I think he, I think he has a higher trade value over Rizzo because he can go to any team. He can play three positions in the infield. And he can get hot for you. You need just a guy to like. If you're just saying, "Hey, we have a great team right now, but we could use like this extra infielder who can play anywhere and he can hit eighth or ninth if you're an AL team," like he's an absolute X factor. And I personally feel like if you're 
you know, really in contention, you're like, man, like we could, Javi could take us over a top. He could carry us for a week, like legitimately carry a team for a week, considering how streaky he is. And he's a fantastic defender. Um, that That's kind of why I believe he actually has a very high trade value. And going back to what we heard today, I, I just don't think he's going to take a qualifying offer. I think someone will pay him. Uh, I think the argument that I've been making, I don't know if it's the best move for the Cubs to pay him, considering the struggles we've seen with this team and the players we still have on this roster that have the tendency to swing and miss, you know, have contact issues. Like these are things that have really hurt the Cubs in terms of their identity. And Javi is a main factor in that. So I just don't know if you want to continue on with this same cycle. Um, and it's nothing to Javi. I, I love the guy. I think he's been great, but uh, I just don't think he's taking a qualifying offer because someone will pay him the money that he's looking for. Maybe not 200 million, but I can see a team definitely opening their pockets with payroll flexibility who wants to, you know, think about it, even a, a smaller market team that simply wants to bring it's excitement to the ballpark because he's one of the most exciting players in the league. Um, he's going to get paid somewhere. I just don't know if it's the right move for the Cubs, honestly. Thanks for the question, Zach. Thanks, Zach. Fred, we got one in from uh, Periscope. Yeah. Nav says uh, Sogard has to be DFA'd, right? Yeah. I mean, that should have happened a long time ago. You know, I listen, I've done the whole thing with Jason Hayward going back to 2015, or I'm sorry, 2016. It gets redundant after a while. Um, yeah, he shouldn't have been playing, but, you know, it's also like the argument of at the time we didn't have Nico, we didn't have Matt Duffy, we were struggling with contact. You need just someone in there to put the ball in play for some big spots where you have guys on second or a guy on third. And listen, I've been saying it the whole time, like that's the – crux of the Cubs issue. We strike out too much. We don't put the ball in play. We don't have good enough at bats. Um, it's too much hit or miss. Everyone's seen that. Everyone's watched that. And when that's your identity, sometimes you need to step back and maybe play a, a guy who isn't as productive, but at least he has some type of quality to, you know, come up with something productive in a big spot and situ situationally hit. So I'm not supporting that him being in there for as long as he has been, but I, I, I see why he has played for so long. We got another question from uh, Andrew, Adam. Bring him in. Andrew. Let's see if he's still there. Is he still there? Andrew. You hear? Yo, can you hear me? What's up? Yeah, how you doing? What's up? Sorry, I've been on hiatus a little bit my job no found my burner account i had to delete that but i'm back almost got You're fired back. i'm back <laughs> shout out michael too if we're gonna be on the uh, prospect train for all of those that have been in this a long time read mike old articles back in you know god knows when but shout out michael that being said i'm here to spit my carlos correa propaganda if we're not going to spend any money on these guys let's do it the right way let's i think barstool carl said something Let's march Jason Hayward's out ass out there every freaking day, okay? 162. Let's be bad for a couple years, and let's empty – pull up the Brinks truck for Carlos Correa. I'm all for it. Look, I got thrown out of a game this year screaming at the Astros. I get it. They're scumbags. But if we're going to let the scumbags play, give the guy a contract. That's a guy I love to see in the pinstripes. I love what he brings to the table. He's been through hell and back. 
the dog days of August are not going to affect a guy like that. You, you may hate the Astros, but he stood up and he took it. He took him off the chin. He took the criticism off the chin. I think he's hitting like 280 this year. So, guy's a pro. I'd love to see him play shortstop for us. Um, I'm all bo on board with KB as well. I think you move him the first, you save those knees, and that's a guy that's a cub for life. I don't think, you know, Riz, I love the guy, but people's backs don't get better in their 30s, man. I mean, I let's you. be honest. You know? I hear you. No, Andrew, I think everything you're saying makes sense. I think Carl's career, too. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe his just hitting profile uh, definitely uh, – is better than what we've seen uh, over the last couple of years with the Cubs. He puts the ball in play, he's productive, so on and so forth. Kind of the same story that we've been talking about. And yeah, I agree with the Chris Bryant thing too. You've got to play him at first, you play him at first, you mean third, whatever it may be. Um, I think his game ages the best moving forward. Uh, I'd probably say Hobby's game uh, drops off the most into his 30s, considering he's so athletic and it's all about bat speed and so on and so forth. Once you lose that and you have no play discipline, it's going to be pretty hard for him to be consistently productive. So, Andrew, I totally agree. I would love to see Carlos Correa uh, become a Cub. I would love to see the Cubs get in the sweeps, sweepstakes. And I think a lot of people have said it. Like, yeah, you could look at this as a rebuild. I'd like to look at it more as a retool. They're going to have so much money off the books. It doesn't make any sense for the Cubs to sit back and say, you know, what, we're just going to, you know, wait a couple of years until we start to spend money. Um, they have talent coming down the line, you know, Braylon, Morales has been pitching well, uh, Brennan Davis, like their players coming and you can supplement it with some free agent talent uh, like Carlos Pereira. I think it's definitely worth it, but we'll see. It's going to, I mean, this, this off season is going to tell you everything about what the Ricketts family wants and where they, where their heads are at in terms of actually winning. Um, because we can't have too many more off-seasons where we're just sitting on our hands, uh, pinching pennies, saying we can't spend this, we can't spend that. Uh, because then it becomes the same old story, and then their intentions are fairly obvious. And I would say a lot of people already believe that, going back to what's happened the last three or four off-seasons. Hey, Dom, I, I had a quick thought if I could jump yeah. back in. I mean, we've been talking position players the whole time. But yeah. we got to spend some money on some starting pitching. Absolutely. I mean, my God. I, I mean, you know, Morales Alley, yeah, he projects probably as a good number two or three, yeah. young, a lot of potential. But I mean, Davies and Williams and, you know, the obvious yeah. stopgap guys. I mean, we, we got to be on the hunt for another ace. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. That might be, that might be uh, the number one priority. I don't. You know, again, I would hope it would be this offseason, depending on what, what the, traje the trajectory Jed thinks this team is going in. But you're totally right. We need starting pitching. If you're going to win in the big leagues, you need, to have, you need to roll out starters. I think everyone always goes back to, you know, the Nationals of 2019. They go on that run. They were like, I don't know, they were like seven or eight games back in July or something like that, below 500 record, and then they go on this run. Well, they went on that run because they had unreal starting pitching. That's the lifeblood of your team. I know hitting's important. I'm a hitting guy. I, that's that's why I watch the games. The hitting, I'm, you know, I like pitching, but it's not as exciting for me. But you're totally right. If you want to win, you have to pitch. And absolutely, I mean, it, it's so important. And uh, it's up to Jed to make these these hard moves, and it's up to Tom to open up the 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 pocket to really start investing in this team. I know I say it all the time, but it has to be a continued investment considering what they're bringing in, considering how much 
money this organization makes. And uh, if you don't invest, you're never going to win. It's just not going to happen. Well, and, and as these inevitable trades come, they always yeah. say you, you got to stockpile arms. I mean, yeah. we need we need some real fireballers in the miners that are going to be in the pipeline. You know, absolutely, just, absolutely. But what, what's exciting too? I know maybe some people don't want to hear it, but you know, Justin Steele is going to make a run at the starting rotation. He's been pitching good in Iowa right now. We saw what we, he could do in the bullpen. So there are some arms coming up, like we've seen Keegan Thompson when he's done so far, Morales, so on and so forth. But uh, you're totally right. You got to stockpile arms and you got to go out and get an ace. You got to go out and get a legit starting pitcher who can get the job done, not these stopgap guys. Because, you know, everyone, I that was kind of a theme uh, probably in May. There was like, hey, can we get this guy or that guy? He can eat in it. No, no, no. We don't need any guy who can eat innings. We need guys who can strike people out. We need guys who can win one-run ball games like that. That those are the type of pitchers we need. Those are the type of starters we need because you're not always going to have this dominant bullpen like we had in May. That just it's lights out. Like there's going to be struggles. There's going to be ups and downs. It's just the volatility of that position. Um, so you're absolutely right, Adam. I totally agree. And hopefully, you know that's a priority for Jed and Tom and everyone who's making the decisions that. 1060, 1060 West Addison Street. Dom, may I jump back in for a yeah. minute? Yeah. So, um, actually, that I was going to sort of bring that up whenever we were talking about, briefly talking about pitching, but I think that earlier you are talking about the next couple months being important, and I think that the two most important people are Justin Steele and Keegan Thompson. And from that perspective, because, I I mean, Azalei's going to stick. He's going to stick in the rotation. Like, there's no question about that. Top end, middle, back, he's going somewhere. For sure. Um, So, if you can get one of the two to stick, it's I think that really sort of sets your course. Like, if we have to go find four starters, that's a lot harder to do than find – two starters or go or go sell out for one ace like you know maybe who knows like i doubt this happens maybe the dodgers decide they don't want to pay walker bueller you know they got to pay mookie they got to pay bellinger there's somebody they're not gonna pay it looks like it's seager but you know how many 300 million dollar contracts can you have on one team yeah i I totally agree and i you know not to change the subject but i would even think i know I know I am changing it, but I would even think that uh, Kyle's on the trade market right now. I mean, a guy who can get For out sure. and fill a role. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded. I'm not trying to, you know, cause any speculation or anything, but just me thinking about it objectively, like, you know, he's getting up there in age. He can still pitch, but we see the fastballs dropping off, and he's not as productive as he was going back to the 2016-17 years. So, I can absolutely see him being on the market right now. I think everyone's on the market right now, but you're absolutely right. Justin Steele, Keegan Thompson, Morales-Ale, they're huge pitchers for us. They're huge arms, and if the Cubs can couple that with a real investment in free agency or a, a few investments in free agency on the starting pitching side, I think that could do wonders for this team moving forward. Yeah, I think that sets your course for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks, Ty. Fred, do you see anyone else with uh, hands raised? Uh, no, I don't. We're all good. Went up here. Are you uh, added to the speakers? Have any last uh, questions or comments? 
getting a lot off our chest today. I wanted to, I just wanted to laugh at Andrew's Mike Olt comment. If we're going to throw it way back, I'll give a shout out to Kevin Ory, yeah. third baseman of, <laughs> of the Absolutely. long past. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're out there. They're out there. Hopefully we don't have any any more of those guys. God bless those guys, but hopefully, you know, the, the prospects we have come out today. No Emilio Bonifacios. Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's been two, three weeks since two the weeks. last two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks, but we'll we'll call it one one dinner date at Olive Garden. Who are you taking to Olive Garden? Oh, man, this is a tough question. Patrick Wisdom. You guys still again still playing defense again? Did I have him last time, or maybe I had him before? He's been the one bright spot. He's hitting home runs. Um, he's doing the job. Actually, I'll do two people, Adam. I know I'm kind of breaking the rules, but Wilson Contreras as well. You know, he didn't have to say what he did. I'm not saying what he said was some, you know, ungodly thing, and he's, you know, a hero for saying it, but he still cares. He's still trying to win. He's still trying to compete, um, and he's acting like a leader. I'm not saying Anthony Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo isn't, but – Listen, man, things are moving. Things are things are happening, and, and things are changing. So if there's got to be a new leader on this team, I can definitely see Wilson Contreras filling that role, uh, depending if he's still on the club or not. But, you know, I'm excited to watch those two guys play. They're hitting home runs. Hopefully they can put the ball and play more. I know it's tough to watch for everyone. I know that I know they're hard games to follow. You feel like you don't, you don't really know what you're watching. You don't really know what you're rooting for. But I would just say continue, you know, cheering them on seeing the positives and things and hopefully we can see some good individual performances to kind of build these guys confidence back up uh, for 2022 and beyond because they're going to matter. They're not going to get rid of anyone. There's going to be guys on this team. That's going to help out the next winning Cubs team, the next team that's going to actually win a playoff series and get back to a, you know, a spot deep in the playoffs. So, you know, continue, uh, you know, sticking with them. And of course we're not leaving. It's critical. We're not leaving. I know it's tough, but we'll see how the rest of this month plays out. Thanks to everyone for being here. Fred, last words? Absolutely. Uh, no, I don't have the last words. Those were my last words. Hopefully they can win coming up. And uh, we have the Cardinals tonight, right? In, uh, yep. In St. Louis? Absolutely. Boring city. Dumb organization. So hopefully we can give it to the Cardinals. Um, such a dumb team and uh, with a stupid fan base. And, uh, yeah, excited to see the, the Cardinals get it this, uh, this week. So God bless you and your family. Thanks for everyone being here. Um, still Cubs in four. I don't care where we play. God bless. Catch you all on Twitter. Thanks, Adam, Ty, Andrew, Caleb, Emmett, Alex, Chris, Joe, and Sam. Thank you. Adios. God bless you and your families. See you, everyone.